0: This is game time on ESPN Central Texas. Here's Tom Barfield, Ward White,
1: and good morning. Welcome, welcome, one and all. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward, and we welcome Garrett Ross to the program this morning. The award-winning program, by the way. Uh, game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Let's, but uh, well, we get to go around the horn this morning. Let, let's begin sporting is red and black we say howdy to ward white ward good morning good morning how are we outstanding you've been jogging no you look a little out of breath (laughs) been running (laughs) ward's been running coco dragging you around the 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 yard
2: she drug me a little bit this morning yeah all
1: right all right gary ross good morning how are you buddy i'm good man how are y'all doing good doing good uh glad to kick off a tuesday it's gonna be a good day there's a lot there is a lot going on and uh we're going to dive into it we'll talk some Baylor basketball uh obviously today and uh there's a huge game tonight fellas in Lubbock for a million and one reasons and we're going to discuss uh a little later on in the program it is Texas and Texas Tech and just briefly ward because it, it, it's, we'll, we'll get into it a little later on, but this is a big game. It's the return of Chris Beard. Mm-hmm. The fans are going to get on, and we all know that. But the one thing I think that the tech people right now uh, have, have kind of taken a an aggressive stance on is, hey, let's, let's have fun with this, but let's don't let this be something other than what it really should be. And, and that's getting after coach beard a little bit uh i mean i saw a i saw a a a statement that basically said let's act like good texas tech students and fans
2: Uh, i saw that statement too but (laughs) i I know after the shoot around when they were pulling the buses out last night Mm -hmm. there was about a thousand fans standing around the buses booing so and that's okay and that is okay Uh, but it's gonna get rowdy is what i'm saying it is gonna be loud and it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: And that's what it should be. Yeah. It should be a I don't, lot of fun. I don't fun. think
2: it's going to get disrespectful or anything like that. But I, I think it's going to be a raucous crowd. Good for them. Yeah. It's it's amazing. There was, there's, They've been camping out. They're waiting on the, the doors to open up on the gymnasium mm-hmm. tonight. But they've been camping since the Mississippi game was when they started putting it. Half Halftime. Yes.
1: And, and what, what they said was, hey, look, those that are camping, Garrett – they, they've they got tickets to the game. They just want the best GA seat that they can get. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you see that environment week to week, and it's one of those things that you want to be a part of, and
3: you get in, you get that best seat. You can get by close to that bench and close to the floor and cause some noise, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Just just that type of environment, if you're a college student, it doesn't get much better than that.
1: And, and, and that's what we'll get into here in a little bit. Guys, it, it, <sighs> I am I over? I don't want to overstate this. I, I mean, I, I'm and, and we're going to talk to Pat Monday coming up at the bottom of the hour. But that was that was a huge, huge, huge performance by Baylor last night to move to nineteen to three. Look, this is a basketball team that was without L. J. Cryer and without Adam Flagler. You're a you're a perimeter shooting team. You love the three ball. And you got not one but two guards that are not available to you. You had to find offense from someplace else. You had to find a different way to produce offense. So what did they do? They went and got 42 points in the paint. 42 points in the paint. Guys that, look, you look at the box score. Guys that don't typically get those type of minutes got unbelievable minutes. And guys that don't play sometimes. Played minutes last night. You had to do it a different way, and you found a way to get it done. I was really impressed, like,
3: really from a, a conditioning standpoint. When you look at Akenjo and you look at Bonner, they played, like, 74 of the 80 minutes without coming off the court. Um, you know, Kenjo's still coming back. The, the game against Alabama was really his first full game since coming back from the tailbone injury, and he knew he had to put the team on his back. I, I, for me, I would like to see more scoring, more consistency from Matthew Meyer, especially – um, but he th- th- can't th- stay on the floor. He, it's, it's, I don't know what's he was going in on foul there. trouble the whole day, but then, uh, I was really good, really excited to see JTT step up, but you know, he had him and Flo Thamba both struggled against Alabama, uh, Flo still kind of was trying to find his rhythm tonight, but JT or last
1: night, but JTT really stepped up in a big way for Baylor down the stretch. The two bigs Ward Thamba and and John were combined for 20 points. 14 from Chamwa Chachua and six from Flo Thumba. So you got 20 out of your bigs, and that's big. No no pun intended.
2: Well, it, it, the biggest thing was that 10-1 run going into the last, what, four minutes, five yeah. minutes of the game and being able to do that. And you mentioned Matthew Meyer not being productive early in the game. He didn't have any points until about three minutes left in the game. Then he reeled off nine. Yeah, then he went nuts. I mean, you know, he became a big-time player there at the end. A huge three. A
4: huge three.
2: So, uh, you know, he needs to be more consistent. I agree with that. But, boy, did he ever stand up when you needed him. And, you know, that's kind of the player he is, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and and I think, what was it, uh, uh, Fran Freshella
1: said, "Hey, there's Matthew Myers' career right there. It is, but for me, like this is a guy
3: that was supposed to be your leader, right? Like he's coming back. He's supposed to be the face yeah. of the team. He's kind of looked out of sync all year. Um, but if you could get that that three minute span of Matthew Meyer throughout the game, yeah, he's a top. He he, he has a, a good opportunity to." go and pursue an NBA career. But I, I don't see it right now with the inconsistency. He's got to get it. but he's got to do what he did in that last three minutes on a regular basis for Baylor to, to be successful and make a long run in the tournament, in my opinion.
1: All right, so we're going to dive into that. We'll, uh, we'll examine the game. Uh... Pat Nunley, as we mentioned, the uh, analysts on the uh, on the broadcast right here on ESPN Central Texas will join us at the bottom of the hour. Shehan Jayarajah is going to talk some football and some basketball with us at uh, the top of the eight o'clock hour. Uh, we'll it, we'll also get into some NCAA rules situation. Uh, Ward, I don't know if you saw this, but the football official. This is a rules year, by the way, uh, but in. Football officials, the Football Officials Association. One of the things that they were talking about is these guys that are faking injuries to stop the clock when a team gets going. You know, in their in their uh, trying to slow down the NASCAR offense. That's exactly right. Trying trying to trying to prevent them from from doing that. They would like to see they would like to see some rule changes there. So, w- would you be in favor of an unsportsmanlike conduct if 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 the official? Well, that's a tough one to do because you're you're asking the official to decide whether that guy really is hurt or not, or if he's really trying to delay the game. It, it could it be unsportsmanlike? Could it be a delay a game? Uh, is there a warning going to be issued first? I mean, uh, what would you like to see happen?
2: Delay a game. I I, I think it's gotten ridiculous. You you you've got to figure out something else. They've already moved. The defense to where the referee holds the ball until the defense substitutes. at the offense substitutes, right? And now if they're not substituting, they're faking cramps and everything else. Mm-hmm. I I think something needs to be done. I really do. I, I agree. And
1: again, you're saying, well, you're, you're asking the official to judge this. Well, well I he mean, judges he everything, everything else. else on the, on that's the exactly on the, uh, right
2: field. So I mean, that's exactly what's, right. What's the difference?
1: And if you don't want to take, there's a risk and a reward. If you fake an injury, you may be getting a flag.
2: And you know what? And and here's the the worst Here's the problem. It's become – there was a couple of games, even in the bowl games, it became excessive. Guys just staying down. Yeah, and you can tell. And you can absolutely tell if it's not an injury. Right. And so, for me, I'm like, let's put a stop to this. Let's go
1: beyond a delay a game. Let's, let's call it unsportsmanlike conduct. Let's slap 15-yard. Let's slap you get enough 15-yard penalties, you'll quit doing that stuff.
2: Oh, there's no doubt. It'll make you think twice about doing it.
1: Right. The only issue you're going to have is if a guy is really hurt and he looks like he's faking it and he gets a 15-yard penalty and he's over there and he can't come back in the game because he's hurt. I mean, that's – but you know what? You brought this on by doing this. So get ready. You know, I guess it's kind of like, you know, when you really didn't commit a pass interference and you got a pass interference yeah. call against you. I, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, so we'll talk a little bit about that a little later on in the program. So we got a lot of stuff to do today. A lot of stuff to do, but it uh, should be a lot of fun. Look forward to it. If you want to participate, we would love to hear from you this morning. Our CNC Collision Center text line is 254-662-1660, 254 254- 662 And the question of the day, Ward, you got to answer it right now, straight up. Don't hesitate. Is Tom Brady retired or not? No. <laughs> this is game time on ESPN Central Texas. Let's get a check of our Central Texas weather forecast from Fox 44.
5: This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly cloudy with areas of fog today. It's going to be a pretty warm day. Highs top out at 69 degrees. Mostly cloudy skies tonight. We drop to 50. And tomorrow, grab the umbrella. Rain likely across our area with highs topping out at 61. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, check out fox44news.com. Matt Mosley. Weekdays at
0: 4 p.m. on
6: ESPN Central Texas. I'm not saying he hasn't been critical of coaches at times, but for him to be that overt, you know, saying it's a pet peeve, it seems to be almost a direct reaction to what Mike McCarthy was saying the other day. Like, hey, we're going to work on this the offseason. Oh, this is going to be something we get get done. Well, he didn't like hearing that. Jerry didn't, and he was pretty direct with it. The Matt Mosley Show. Weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. The best prices on newer used guns can be found at Appaloosa Trade and Post Rodeo Pond. They have a large selection of 9mm guns, revolvers, shotguns, and ammo. From brand names like Smith & Wesson, Kanik, Bursa, Glock, and Ruger. Buy, sell, or trade with a friendly and knowledgeable staff that will promptly answer your questions. And ask about their lifetime warranty on new guns. Financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118222462. Appaloosa Trade and Post Rodeo
7: Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco. The thing about having a naked truck is that you get exposed for the equipment you don't have. Take, for example, your rear end. If you don't have anything back there, you're exposed about what you don't have, and that's a life. However, if you cover that rear end with a hitch, you're telling the world, Hey, I got a little junk in my uh, bed, and I'm ready to pull something. A camper, RV, boat, trailer, jet skis, heck, even a bike rack. A hitch says... I have a life beyond driving my truck to and from work. And Pickup Outfitters is the place to get a hitch for your truck, SUV, van, even some cars. We sell and install just about any kind of hitch you need. Receiver hitches from light to heavyweight to pull just about anything. And gooseneck hitches and fifth wheels when you're ready to pull the heavy stuff. And don't forget trailer and brake controller wiring. It's so important to have wiring professionally and correctly installed by the pros at Pickup Outfitters. So it's time to cover that gaping hole in the rear end of your truck with a hitch installed by Pickup Outfitters. Check us out online at createacomotion.com. Since 1978,
1: Uncle Dan's Barbecue and Rib House has been delivering savory barbecue and delicious sides. With their two locations in Hewitt and Waco, drive-through window, remodeled indoor dining space, delivery options, and new hours, Uncle Dan's is sure to be a Central Texas favorite. Specials include one meat plate with two sides for only $7.09, with beef and rib plates only a dollar more on Mondays. Buy one, get one half off for Texas Taters on Tuesday, and prime beef brisket on Fridays. Come eat at this family-owned business and feel like you're right at home. All right, 7.13, welcome back in. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom and Ward, we're glad you're with us as we roll through a, uh, a Tuesday. A couple of notes here from the C&C Collision Center Texas. Let's see if I can read them without even glancing at them. Since you don't want to talk about Brady, the new Washington football team, Nate, who said we didn't want to talk about Brady? I don't know. I think the last thing we said was is Tom Brady retired or not? <laughs> Since you don't want to talk about Brady – the new Washington football team name should be revealed soon. Will will be the Commanders or something else? Ooh. And you're a Washington football okay, fan.
3: I was. I've hit the transfer portal on Washington.
1: <laughs> this, oh. this is this
3: is official. Valley. Yes. Okay. It, it's a dumpster fire. I'm not a fan of Daniel Snyder. It, it's just it's not going anywhere fast. And I've come to the conclusion that I would rather root for players. Like I'm fans of coming out of college instead of just a team so yeah i'm i'm a i'm all about the players now
9: wow,
1: how about that hey d j on our c n c collision center text line Brady went out uh in a shroud of anonymity. nope, he's coming back for a goat tour
5: <laughs> i love it
1: it's a possibility well, i i, I th- he's i you yeah, you're right. I mean, and then he goes on to say, oh, and this is from the 346, by the way. Oh, and instead of unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for the players that are, quote, injured, uh, they should not be allowed back in the game. Kind of like a targeting penalty.
2: Holy moly. Yeah, I don't I don't know about that. I mean, yeah. I, That's severe. It, that is. That is extreme. Uh, and, and look, whatever you do, you're going to slow it down. I mean, if you give them 15 yards, mm-hmm. they're not going to do it. So, I don't think you have to go to the extreme of saying you're, you can't come in the game. Now, if you do it twice, maybe. But then it really becomes Is a Is that kind of like
1: where they, where they keep up with who has the unsportsmanlike penalties yeah. and things yeah. of that yeah, nature? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It, You know, and if it's unsportsmanlike, mm-hmm. if you're going to call it unsportsmanlike, <laughs> they only get one anyway. Right. So, That's if they wrong. do it again, they're tossed. That would be a good That's, option. There you go. So you know, you, they're, they're, I think we've just
1: fixed their problem. They don't even have to go to the meeting anymore.
2: So that that would be the way to to do that. Just do like you said instead of calling a delay a game, call sportsmanlike on on the player and he does it again, he's automatically tossed, so yeah. that would be the same thing um look it, i I think it's going to have to be something like that to be able to make it effective if you just call a delay a game and it's only five yards and stops the clock.
10: It's well, not getting
2: their attention. Well, one, it stops the clock because you got to delay a game mm-hmm. and you move it five yards. and You, you play, just helped them out. You just helped them out. So, it, you know, it, it has to be an unsportsmanlike 15-yard penalty and the clock runs when the ball's mm-hmm. set.
3: You could even, like, say you did it more than twice, you could start docking them timeouts. Well, it, there, it, there's all look, kinds of things you there, could there
2: do. There is. But, I mean, the unsportsmanlike, the second one on on a, on a player. Now, look. That would give you 11 of them to do. I mean, you know, there's there's ways around it if you really want to stop the game. But I don't think – I mean, if you put any type of penalty on it, I don't think that teams would risk doing it anymore. No, it's certainly in
1: certain situations where it's a one-score game. Absolutely, And you're trying to get off the stinking field mm-hmm. in the first place, to, yeah. you know, and now you just handed them 15 well, yards. The only another reason first why down. you're faking
2: it is because you're trying to preserve the clock, to get it back to your offense, They'll right, mean, or give...
1: or get a breather.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, you, you give your guys a blow. I mean, that's it. That those are the two reasons why you would do that, right?
2: And, and so I, I don't.
1: So 15 and a and another set of downs, you know, in in some in some cases could end the
2: game. Well it could, yeah. I mean there's a lot of scenarios that could play out in that. I mean and there you know, there may be some scenarios where a team is trying to prevent a team from catching up and doing that, and so they're just they're gonna risk it and go ahead and give it up.
1: We got some dudes this morning that got some thoughts, man. Justin said, You know what? Make them dudes play with ten players for a play. That
2: (laughs) Well yeah, that would curb it a little bit.
1: I don't like the way these guys are thinking this morning. <laughs> this
2: well, good. and it just goes to show that a lot of football fans are frustrated with the antics yep. of that.
1: Everybody knows it's a fake. I mean, it's not, you know, it, sometimes TV's almost afraid to go to a commercial. Yeah, absolutely. Because they they know that this dude's going to get up and jog off the field. And, 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 you know, they got another, you know, and it's a DB, you know, on the far side of the field. And all of a sudden, he's healed. In a way, you know, right. miraculous healing. He's been touched, you know. Hey, so I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, it'll be fun to see how it all goes. All right, seven eighteen eighteen after seven. What was what was your big takeaway in last night's game?
2: For me, it was just the way they were able to fight back there in the last part of the game and and reach down and have that moxie to be able to come back and. and Stay within what they were doing and, and not try to do too much in that situation. That was the biggest thing for me.
1: I could not agree with you more. They were, what, at 9 or 10 down? They, and, were,
2: they were they were 10 down at one point. Yeah,
1: but I'm talking about late in the game they were yeah. 8 or 9 down. Mm-hmm. and they, they, were, just, they were 10
2: before they went on that 10-1 run. They just kept playing.
1: They just, I mean, I, I don't know how else to describe it. They just kept fighting, scratching, clawing, and playing. Mm-hmm. Short-handed, I might add. After the game, uh, John Morris, Pat Nunley, right here on this very radio station, the uh, Baylor Radio Network, and Learfield had a chance to catch up with the head coach, Scott Drew. Oh,
11: Coach, what a win tonight. Man, I tell you, a gutsy performance. Uh, 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 I can tell you, the good Lord uh, uh, gave us energy. I didn't know where we had that second half because we really competed and played hard. Um, to have 24-2 to second chance points against a West Virginia team, um, that happens as often as that snowstorm once every decade in Waco. A so, century. Um, I mean, that, that that's a great effort on our, our guys' part. And then only 11 turnovers. Um, without having uh, uh, LJ and Adam. I mean, that's just handling the pressure and being able to uh, uh, Dale 4 zero for the game. I mean, and then uh, so happy for Matt because obviously anything that could go wrong did for him and then down the stretch he was unbelievable. So uh, students were great. Fans were great. We needed all that energy to help us climb over the top and Great thing is we did that with them really shooting it well. I mean, early on they were they made some tough, tough shots. Um, we didn't make those tough shots. We missed open shots, you know. Yeah. I mean, but we battled and got rebounds and did a great job. And uh, free throw shooting, obviously, we got to work on and get better. Uh, um, but other than that, um, a lot of good things. And it's
1: Scott Drew talking with uh, John Morrison, Pat only after the game on the uh, on the post game show from the Baylor Radio Network in Learfield, and boy, it, you know. And I, I, we mentioned the forty-two points in the paint. We mentioned the fourteen from Jonathan. We mentioned the seven and a half minutes from Jordan Turner. The thirty-eight minutes from Akinjo and his twenty-five points. And they had to find offense someplace, and it was it was Akinjo. And look, as he's worked his way back, I kind of felt like he was a little hesitant to pull the trigger. But last night, he just said, "To heck with it, let's go." No, I mean, I think he came into the game knowing that in order for Baylor to
3: get the win, he was going to have to put the team on his shoulders. And you also got to go back to the first time they played West Virginia. Kenjo was unavailable. So, you know, this is an opportunity for him to to step on the court and and show West Virginia what he was all about. And I think he just kind of rose to the occasion
1: and, and owned the moment. Freshman growing up, right there in front of our eyes. I mean, they continue to to develop. Uh, Sohan, thirteen points. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, nice nice night for him. Kendall Brown had nine. I mean, these are young guys that look. They're going to have. They're going to. They're relying on these guys. I mean, first of all, they're talented players, but they're pups. I mean, let's just be honest. They're pups, but. I mean, they played well last night.
2: Well, the only way they're going to get to the level that Scott Drew needs them to get is get minutes on the floor, and you don't ever want to have injuries, but sometimes these type of things, when you get these guys, the freshmen to rise up, is because of injuries and and things that happen in front of them, and they're adhering to the moment and being able to step up and play at a high level, and that makes them better. The more minutes that they can log, the better they're going to be down the stretch. And Akinja last night, You guys were talking about him. I I thought he played very well. I thought at one point, about midway through the fourth quarter, that he tried to get over his skis a little bit, tried to do a little bit too much, and then he backed off, and it it worked out okay. But there for a minute, it looked like that he was trying too hard to put this team completely on his back, and then he started finding open guys and and doing some other things with the basketball, and I thought that that was a key moment in the game that he didn't continue to try to – do too much in that moment. He was able to realize what he was doing and back off just a little bit and still be productive. And some players can't can't navigate through that. They can't navigate from taking over and trying to get too far ahead of your skis and taking over the game and trying to do too much and doing everything yourself. He did for just a moment a couple of trips down the floor and then he backed off a little bit and he became even more productive that way.
1: Yeah, being, being just tic tac critical, I thought there were a couple of times – and look, sharing the ball is exactly, you You love guys that will share the ball, but I thought there were a couple of times where guys should have, hey, score the ball instead of making the extra pass. Yeah, I think one
3: example was, it was early in the second half, and Kendall Brown, they swung the ball around the, the perimeter. Kendall Brown had it. He had an opportunity to take that shot, you know, and he was kind of hesitant, and he decided to rotate the ball and pass it on. But I think that's something, and that's probably, that's what I want to talk to Pat about here in a minute is, I feel like that's the next step for Kendall Brown is being able to incorporate that long-distance, that long-range shot into his game if he wants to uh, continue to, his trajectory towards
1: the NBA. All right, so they win it last night by a final of 81-77. to 77. And you're right. When you look at the tie, here's a, great, here's a great stat. This will tell you how good this game was, how competitive this game was. Uh, West Virginia had the lead for 18 minutes and 50 seconds. Baylor had the lead for 18 minutes and 44 seconds. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. I mean, but when the, when the game was on the line, uh, the good guy stepped up and, and really made plays and, and got it done.
2: Well, the second half mirrored the first half. It just was on opposite sides of the floor. West Virginia made that run at the end of the first half. Baylor made the run at the end of the second half. It's the end of the second half that counts. Yep.
1: And with that win, they're down 19-3. and three. You know, they were... Guys, they were in jeopardy of losing their third home game in conference play. And you're like, hang on a second.
3: That doesn't happen. No, I think that's also another thing that kind of makes last year a little more special is when you look at all the the injuries and the adversity they're going through this season, none of that happened last year.
1: Right. But it, COVID happened last year yeah. to them. I mean, and they were, you know, several times, you know, start, stop, start, stops. I mean,
2: so. The, yeah, but I'll, when, I, I will say that. I I think that, and and knock on wood because I don't know that it's ever uh, something you want to. But but I think the timing of what how it happened last year kind of worked out for them. Sure did. I, I really do. I think it kind of worked out for them because they got their legs back underneath them, and 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 it kind of helped them make that late run, and stay healthy. Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, so 726, 26 after 7, this is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Hanging there. Coming up in a couple of minutes, we're going to get to uh, Pat Nunley. He's going to join us here on ESPN Central Texas.
12: Recently on the John Moore Show. The great Tony Caridi, the voice of the Mountaineers. This doesn't translate well on radio, but I texted you a picture. What, what's your first thought when you see uh, that man with me in that picture?
4: I thought, I said, like, it
1: looked like someone took Bob Huggins' head and put it onto a different person's body with a Baylor warm-up. That's right. That's right. And I know all of Huggins' brothers, and I said, it looks like one of Huggins' brothers. And actually, this guy looks more like Huggins' brother than Huggins' brothers
12: (laughs) (laughs) do. That's great. Well, that is Henry Witt, Jr., he runs Affiliated Auto Glass. It's on the circle here in Waco. And he is maybe not the spitting image of Bob Huggins, but, but like he could be his brother. I mean, it could absolutely be his brother.
0: The Voice of the Bears, John Morris, weekdays at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas.
6: This year's McClellan County Junior Livestock Show and Youth Fair is February 8th through the 11th at the Extra Event Center with more than 500 local 4-H and FFA students exhibiting their livestock. Come join us and help raise funds for the scholarships and education programs. And on Friday night, Holton and their family of businesses proudly presents the Sale of Champions with the top-placing animals and projects up for sale at the McLennan County Junior Livestock Show and Youth Fair, February 8th through the 11th at the Extra event Center. For more information, like them on Facebook or call 254-722-2597.
8: At ASCO,
3: we don't spend time getting ready, we are ready. That's what it means when we say we're on it. We're on it with dedicated service and support, rentals, sales, and delivery. We're on it with case construction equipment, equipment that's powerful, efficient, and dependable case equipment that can dominate a job site endure the elements and be up and running whenever you're ready to finish the job
9: at asco we're on it whatever it is
6: espn radio sports
14: center i'm Mark smith with your espn central texas sports update 25 points from james akinjo led baylor to an 81 77 home win over west virginia the bears travel to kansas on saturday for a showdown with the jayhawks the latest ap basketball poll drops baylor four spots to eighth kansas also falls in the poll to 10th auburn remains number one followed by gonzaga ucla purdue and kentucky the MCC Highlanders lead their conference with a 5-1 record thanks to 18 points from Chris Pryor in a 73-66 win over Hill. The High were clipped by Hill, 75-74. Threats of potential violence has led Marlin High School to announce that attendance at basketball games scheduled with Mart on February the 8th will be limited to parents and family of senior players only.
0: Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas.
1: All right, 7.30, welcome back into the program. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas, your flagship station for Baylor Athletics. Tom Ward, Garrett, we're glad you're with us. It's a Tuesday, and we welcome into the program the analyst for Baylor basketball and our good friend Pat Ninley. Pat, good morning. How are you, buddy?
4: I couldn't be better. It's wonderful. It's uh, nice to come off of a win that was, uh, you know, I don't know if it's it must win is a good way to put it, but in this league you got to win at home, and you got to protect your home floor, and Bears did that last night. So, all is well in Baylor Nation this morning.
1: I, I, am I reaching here to say that this was a different look offensively? I mean, this is a team that likes to shoot the jump shot, but you, you were missing two guards. You had to go get points in the paint. You got 42 of them.
4: Yeah, I mean, last night was uh, was a strange situation. I mean, we've, we've missed this guy. We've missed that that guy. Uh, but we've we've not missed our two best players, and Flagler and Cryer are both. I said best players, best scorers. And so that's a 30-point hole that they had to fill. And it's unusual where you go to a guy and say, like a Kenjo last night, and I'm I'm paraphrasing, but the message was, like, we need 25 from you. (laughs) You've got to score. And uh, I think that's music to his ears because he can score, wants to score, and he responded with 25 big points. And then others uh, helped fill that gap as well. Chachua with 14, a little more than he's accustomed to scoring, et cetera. So it, it was a big night, but it was it was a banner day for a couple of guys who really needed one for us to have a chance to win without our two best scorers.
1: And I know it's been less than twenty-four hours, but what what is what is your big takeaway from last night's win?
4: Well, statistically, Tom, it's twenty four second chance points for Baylor, two second chance points for West Virginia. That's huge. I mean, that's a twenty two point spread. And West Virginia shot it really well and we we knew they had the capability of doing it and if if those two guards really started making threes it was going to be a battle and that's what happened but that is 17 offensive rebounds 24 second chance points that's a lot of what I call unscripted production that's just hustle and get after it and go to the glass and so that that's my big one. And if we don't do that, we don't even have a chance to win that one down the stretch.
2: Pat, how big was it to have that last four minutes unfold the way it did with the personnel that you had on the floor? How much does that help the Bears moving forward navigate their way through this season and through the tournament with those guys growing up like that?
4: Yeah, it helps a lot. It does because if if you're going to win a Big 12 championship and that's the plan for these guys, that's the goal, you've got to grind through some games that uh, everybody would expect you to win. And last night was just one of those games. And and you mentioned four minutes to play. All game long, I'm saying don't, don't sleep on Matt Meyer. I mean, he was having one of those nights where he just could not get it in the hole. He was turning it over a little bit. He was missing layups. It just happens to the best of them. So with four minutes to play, he he has not scored. He's like oh for seven. He scores nine points in the last three and a half minutes of that game. And without that, we do not win. And and so I thought it was helpful for for Meyer to hang in there and and have that kind of performance down the stretch. Ken uh, Kenjo made some big free throws. But but that was a team in search of a championship last night. And I don't even want to go to to start thinking about what would have happened had they lost that game. But I tell you, seven and two is a lot better than five and
3: three. Uh, Pat, was speaking of Matthew Meyer. Uh, what's going to take to get him to become more consistent? I, I really feel like he's kind of looked lost at times this season. Mm-hmm. Like he's trying to find himself within this new rotation. How, what are you seeing from him that you think he could become more consistent and have that production like he had down the stretch? throughout a, uh, the course of a game
4: yeah i i don't know i i consistency is is um you know it's something that matt has really struggled with but the way i view it is he's just a rhythm guy you know he he's trying to find a he tries to find a rhythm at the free throw line which is weird you know i mean a really good free throw shooter is all about mechanics at the line he's trying to find a groove And and that's not a really good place to try to find a groove, and he's 0 for 4 from the line last night. So that's inconsistency because he's just trying to get into a little feel. And last night I think was was kind of the same thing. Up there he scores 20, he's got seven rebounds, four assists. He was lights out. But it's because he found that rhythm really early in the game and just rode with it. So I don't know, but his upside is so high. Um, that you just kind of look the other way when he's in search of it and is driving you crazy. So I don't know that that he'll ever be consistent in in the sense that he's following a process. He's just looking for a little mojo, and when he finds it, man, look out. He found it with three and a half minutes to play last night, and we do not win that game without him.
1: Speaking of not winning the game without him, a guy that I don't know that you really were going to count on for a ton of minutes when the season began – is really stepping up and in, in, in getting it done. And that's Dale Bonner. He had 36 minutes last night and played well.
4: Yeah, he did. He had four assists, didn't turn it over, had five points, which is what they needed from him, got a couple of rebounds. And you're right, played 36 minutes in that game, which is more minutes than he thought he'd get in any game this year. In fact, he, he thought he was just going to be a come in, sit, learn, get stronger, faster, and you look up and he plays 36 minutes, an important game. He was he was really uh, a key to all of that. And one thing that doesn't show up in the box is he really defended. He defended well. Now, Sherman and McNeil were shooting some shots that, that it doesn't matter whether you're guarding them or not, <laughs> just really tough shots. I mean, those are those are hard shots to make in a gym by yourself. But Bonner has, has come on and is playing a support role and playing it well. And last night, uh, they needed that from him. And they got it. It's nice to see.
2: Pat, what's the next step for this team that you need to see to know that they're over that threshold? Was it last night or was it simply just get healthy?
4: I think it's get healthy. I really do. Because when we are completely healthy, you guys have seen, we're really good. I mean, we can be really good. 15-0 to start the season. A historic win over Villanova, you know, from a defensive perspective. So they just got to get healthy. And uh, I think really the next step, literally and figuratively, is Kansas Uh, for them to go up and and get a win in Allen Fieldhouse, which they can do if both barrels are loaded. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I just don't know with Cryer what his availability will be. But that, you know, that's that's one versus two in the league. And if the Bears are going to position themselves to make a run of the championship in the second half of the league, that's a big opportunity. It's a really big one. That's the next step for me is going and getting a win at Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday.
3: Pat, when you look at Kendall Brown, I think we all know that he's a dynamic playmaker, uh, you know, off the dribble, the way he attacks the rim. But for him to take that next leap in his game, is it going to be incorporating a perimeter shot?
4: Yeah, I I think it's really just attitude and it's mindset and it's it's, – Understanding, I, I tell this story a lot. I'll be brief with it, but I overheard one of the coaches talking to him, saying, y- "You, you need to get to a point where you make the the guy guarding you fear you, and and really not know what you're going to do, and understand that if you really put your mind to it, there's nothing he could do to stop him. I mean, he is so gifted, athletically, it, it's freakish, really. And um, when, when he when he gets his mind. Uh, where his physicality is and his athletic ability is, uh, that's a step. That's a big step. I, I thought uh, – and last night he was good. He had nine points. He had, uh, he had five rebounds. But beginning about three games ago, he started to get really assertive, very aggressive, not afraid of missing shots, not afraid of turning it over. and And I thought he took a bit of a step. And if if they can continue to get nine or ten or five and then five or six rebounds a game for him the rest of the way, we got a really good chance.
1: With the injuries right now, Pat, we all you know, we recognize it's tough. But one thing that it is doing it's it's creating different rotations, different responsibilities. In the end, that can be a positive thing.
4: It can be. It sure can be. Um, I, I keep going back, Tom, to fifteen and zero. Because that team that was fifteen and zero, and I'm not saying this is a completely different team. This is, you know, that was fifteen and zero, really healthy Baylor, and now this is um, what nineteen and three team that's struggling to get all the guys on the floor. But that fifteen and zero team was was really really good. Uh, just manhandled Michigan State, beat uh, a really good Villanova team, uh, won the battle for Atlantis so that that's I think what they're just trying to get back to, and you know the bottom line is nineteen and three, seven and two in the league um this is this is a team that that has survived with about seventy five percent if that last night and and that that bodes well. They're just trying to hang in there until they can get everybody healthy so they could really make a run. I mean, we're about at the end of the first nine, you know in the big twelve. And we haven't played Kansas yet, haven't played Tech and Lubbock, haven't played Texas yet. So we've got a lot of work yet, yet to do, and you got to get healthy to get through that gauntlet.
1: Pat, thanks. Man, we appreciate the time. It was fun. Uh, and lo- love listening to you talk basketball, and we appreciate uh, everything you do on the broadcast and, uh, and visiting with us. Thanks so much for your time this morning.
4: Thanks, guys. Have a great rest of the day.
1: You do the same. That is Pat Nunley, the analyst. And, and I don't know, guys, I'm just going to tell you straight up, when, when our broadcast with John and Pat best broadcast on the year I, it is absolutely the best broadcast on the year it is i mean it, it, it first of all you can tell those guys like each other and, and then they're you know it's like two guys talking basketball and we're just kind of eavesdropping it's it is really uh the best basketball broadcast on the year and i i, I you you know how critical i am a broadcast but it really really is uh a terrific broadcast and these guys do uh, do a tremendous job for us. 741. It's 19 away from 8 o'clock. Stay with us. we got more coming up here uh, on the program. We're going to get into this Texas Tech, Texas Longhorn game a little bit and get Ward's thoughts on this thing coming up next right here on ESPN Central Texas.
0: Recently on Game Time, from Blog of the Boys in ESPN San Antonio, R.J. Ochoa.
7: It's difficult to say
0: anything other than that stems from Mike McCarthy. You know, Mike McCarthy even said they were up against more than just the 11 guys out there on the other side of the field, and so I put, you know, the lion's share of blame on him, but I also, I mean, obviously it goes on the players, and I think a lot of Cowboys fans we don't want to come to terms with is it's their fault. They're not good enough. They were not good enough.
7: Game time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. The thing about having a naked truck is that you get exposed for the equipment you don't have. Take, for example, your rear end. If you don't have anything back there, you're exposed about what you don't have, and that's a life. However, if you cover that rear end with a hitch, you're telling the world, hey, I got a little junk in my uh, bed, and I'm ready to pull something. A camper, RV, boat, trailer, jet skis, heck, even a bike rack. A hitch says, I have a life beyond driving my truck to and from work. And Pickup Outfitters is the place to get a hitch for your truck SUV, van, even some cars. We sell and install just about any kind of hitch you need. Receiver hitches from light to heavyweight to pull just about anything. And gooseneck hitches and fifth wheels when you're ready to pull the heavy stuff. And don't forget trailer and brake controller wiring. It's so important to have wiring professionally and correctly installed by the pros at Pickup Outfitters. So it's time to cover that gaping hole in the rear end of your truck with a hitch installed by Pickup Outfitters. Check us out online at createacommotion.com my
13: house has a new glow, I love my windows, Universal Windows Direct.
2: Cold weather is here and so is time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unisil windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for 8 consecutive years. They offer 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Call Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate at 254-301-7760 or check them out on the web at UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews.
10: I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct.
0: ESPN Radio Sports
14: Center. I'm Mark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update. 25 points from James Akinjo led Baylor to an 81-77 home win over West Virginia. The Bears traveled to Kansas on Saturday for a showdown with the Jayhawks. The latest AP basketball poll drops Baylor four spots to eighth. Kansas also falls in the poll to tenth. Auburn remains number one, followed by Gonzaga, UCLA, Purdue, and Kentucky. The MCC Highlanders lead their conference with a 5-1 record thanks to 18 points from Chris Pryor in a 73-66 win over Hill. The High were clipped by Hill 75-74 threats of potential violence has led Marlin High School to announce that attendance of at basketball games scheduled with Mart on February the 8th will be limited to parents and family of senior players only.
0: Sports Center every 20 minutes only on ESPN Central Texas.
1: All right, 7.45 game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Our 7 o'clock hour brought to you by Goodfeet in the Central Texas Marketplace. Tom Ward, Garrett, we're glad you're with us. Uh, last night, uh, besides the Baylor win, TCU got a win, guys, over Oklahoma. And how about the, the, the Frogs? All of a sudden, TCU at 4-3 and three in the league, 15-4 and four overall. They're kind of – you know, I, I, one of y'all just said uh, during the break, hey, they're sneaky good. Mm-hmm. Uh that, that, look, this league, there's. I think Scott Drew said it uh, that every time you go on the floor in this league, you're playing an NCAA tournament game. And I, look, that it, it, that's the fact, isn't it? I mean, this is that's how good this league is, night in and night out. And, and you saw last night how good this league can be.
2: Yeah, I mean, you saw two games very competitive with Oklahoma and TCU being competitive, and Baylor and West Virginia being competitive. I mean, that's what it is in the Big Twelve, night in and night out. As you mentioned, you're going to have to find a way to. Dig down and get it done, and again, it's defend your home floor to steal one on the road and last night TCU was able to be one of those teams that's stealing one on the road over Oklahoma. All
1: right, here we go. Everybody's been waiting on this one, I guess. <laughs> Texas sixteen and five, five and three in the league, Texas Tech, sixteen and five, five and three in the league. uh does first of all, wart as an alumnus,
2: do the Red Raiders miss Chris Beard? um no. I, I mean, I don't think they do. I think there's some sour grapes there, but I don't, I don't, I think what Mark Adams has been able to do has been phenomenal with that defense picking up uh, and, and maybe being a, even a little bit better than it was. Uh, he, he's done a really, really good job with this basketball team. He's got some transfers in that's helped that situation as well. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a battle tonight. Texas coming on a three-game winning streak. Tech on a one-game winning streak after being one of the teams that won in the SEC Challenge over Mississippi State. That was a huge win at home on their floor uh and gave them a little momentum going into this game. So I I you know we mentioned at the start of the show they started camping out at halftime at that Mississippi State game uh, around the United Center with the uh the students and and they even saw where I had a GoFundMe account raise over $10,000 to feed those students and and get them some warm blankets. Uh, and Coach McGuire came out and brought tacos for everybody. So, I mean, it's become a – they're calling it Raiderland, and it's become a party. And, look, you have a home field advantage or home court advantage like that that's going to happen tonight. Boy, it, it, things things could get pretty entertaining tonight on that basketball floor. To me, the first five minutes of this game for
1: both teams, very, very critical. Getting to that first, well, I, even beyond maybe the, the first TV timeout. Look, as you mentioned, that it is going to be a raucous crowd. So, from a tech perspective, are they too jazzed up? I mean, you know, with, with the place rocking like that?
2: Well, I think that there's a, a distinct possibility of that. And, and here's what you have to do in situations like that. You have to not overthink the process. Just go out and play the game and know that you're going to have to weather a storm from Texas. And even though it's on your home floor in this conference, you better be able to weather the storm. And it's how you weather that storm that is going to determine whether you have an opportunity to get through the storm and and have a chance to win the basketball game or you get left behind by a team.
1: And from Texas's perspective, this is a – I mean, it's the world against us right now, isn't it? I mean, how – you know how do you handle that? As you got seventeen thousand, what's it see? I think it's about seventeen thousand mm-hmm. in that building. You got seventeen thousand, and they don't like you
2: well, at all. It, it, that's the mentality you need to take. Everybody's against us, and you have to go in there and, and just play your game and and tune it out. And sometimes that's hard to do. And some teams thrive on that, and that's what we've seen sometimes in the Big Twelve is, as these road teams are stealing a couple on the road. And this it's because this conference is so good and it's because this conference can overcome the home crowds. Texas is a team that I you know, Chris Beard's gonna have them ready to play, and they're they're not going to let that crowd affect them to the point that it takes them out of their game. If they do, it's over. And it's over in a hurry.
1: That's why I said first five minutes. Uh I think we know about tech. Do we really know about Texas right now? I don't think so. I mean, they've been really inconsistent
3: all year long. I think that when Texas plays, you know, together, they're on the same page, they're a really dangerous team. Um but I kind of feel like they've they've been they haven't really lived up to the expectations this season that uh were set for them in my opinion.
2: Yeah, but were those expectations fair? I not mean, really. Look, no, I mean none of the expectations at Texas are ever fair. No, and that's that's what I mean. And you get a new head coach with Chris Beard coming home and and taking over this program, and oh, everything's fixed, and we're going to be okay now. That's not reality, no, not at all. But that's what that's what fans think. That's
1: a well, good no point. I, I, and you, you say that, but then you look up and. They're right in the mix of this thing at, at five and three and, and sixteen and five overall. They're tied for third with with the Red Raiders. So, I mean, but again, when I watch him, I'm like, I trying to I, figure out what you're saying. I'm trying to figure it out. I mean, I mean, look, I, I think I we have a pretty good idea what Tech is about. I think we all know what is about. This group here uh, fighting through all these injuries, I, 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 incredibly impressive to me that has being able to do what they've done with all of the stinking injuries. Uh,
2: and, again, nobody feeling sorry for them and nobody going to wait on them. No, Tech's been banged up, too. Right. And, I, and so they, they've been able to fight through that. I, look, to me, Tech's a huge surprise. I, You know, they, they got some guys that, that came in the transfer portal that's really helped out that you didn't expect to have the minutes that you have got out of them and be able to be as successful as they were. And, again, you know, this was a team that was a little bit of a disappointment last year coming off that you know, a couple years ago being in the Final Four and having an opportunity to play for a national championship, and then it just kind of went quickly downhill for them. They were not near as productive. Last year, I think, was a disappointing season to to a certain extent. So the expectations coming into this season, I think you were thoroughly surprised when you saw them kind of be where they're at right now, having an opportunity to sit in third or fourth place. I thought this was a, at best, maybe – Sixth, seventh place team in this conference. i just, I'm
1: just, <laughs> what I talk about, what I think about Texas, they run TCU out of the gym. I mean, and that's, it, we're starting to see that this is a good TCU team. Yep. And they ran them out of the gym. But then you look up and they've got a split with Kansas State, the last place team in the conference. And they've got a split with Oklahoma State, another team down around the bottom of the pack. So who is is it, Doctor
2: Jekyll, Mr Hyde? A little bit with this team? Well, it's the inconsistency of this team. It's a young team. They don't know exactly how they're going to navigate through the waters, and you know that could be dangerous tonight, or it could be very effective tonight. You don't know what you're going to get out of the young team. And so, you know, they're telling me they're,
1: they may go to loving, you know, just be oblivious to, to all of that. It, yeah, it I mean, be. they're just
2: so young; they don't know any better.
1: <laughs> we're not. We don't know that we're supposed to right. be a little rattled by seventeen thousand that really don't like us. But they <laughs> They might also feed off of that. I mean, that you know, could. kids,
3: they get in that environment. You, you recognize the stage. You recognize the opportunity to – because you know that Chris Beard, they want to win this for Chris Beard. They, they really want to. So, it, I wouldn't be surprised if Texas went in there and stole one. But at the same time, Tech, man, oof, they're, they're playing really good
1: right now. And, and I'm like Ward. I, th- I think from Tech's perspective – it could be raucous in the in the crowd but they've got to go play it like they're playing Iowa State and Ames or or whatever i mean just, you, it's just, just, just go another play.
2: game yep. just another game it doesn't matter what color jersey they have on or who they are mm-hmm. when they walk into your gym you got to protect your floor and, it, and it, that's the mentality you have to take and then if they don't take that mentality if they try to feed off the crowd too much mm-hmm. it could be dangerous for them because you let your guard down you don't play well you don't right. you know you get back on your heels you don't stay on the balls of your feet and play defense I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it, so you have to just ignore the color jersey that's over there, play your game, and take care of business. If you can do that, you give yourself an opportunity at home.
1: You think you may watch it tonight? Yeah, you think? i mean going to be in there swaying with cocoa. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, that didn't take long. 754, we're six away from eight here on ESPN Central Texas. We want to welcome a new sponsor to this program. It's the brokerage house. You could sell your home in five days. The, uh, the brokerage house, see, they guarantee they will sell your home in five days or less, or they're going to buy it for the price that you and the brokerage house agree upon prior to listing your home. The brokerage house is uh, your connection to buy from not just around the central Texas market, but they're going to find buyers nationally and internationally for, for your home. And, uh, the brokerage house and, and uh, Aaron Ryan boy they they do a terrific job and they've got a proven marketing system that is uh, known to generate offers above you hear me above market value and multiple offers for your home so i'm telling you man if you uh, if you're in the market to sell your home you 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 need to you need to contact Aaron Ryan and the folks over at brokerage house realtors you if you need more information go online 5 days to sold Dot com The number five, five days to sold.com. Or call Aaron at 817 812 2978. That's 817 812 2978. And again, uh, they guarantee to get that house sold in five days or less. So give them a call today. Uh, let's uh, continue rolling here through this Tuesday morning. John Morris standing by with today's Baylor Sports Beat.
9: It's time now for today's Baylor Sports Beat, your daily dose of green and gold. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris.
12: Everybody, it's time for a check of Baylor athletics on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, a gutsy, come-from-behind, short-handed win for the Baylor Bears last night over West Virginia. We'll give you details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat.
9: Now, back to today's Baylor Sports Beat. Here again is the voice, John Morris.
12: And welcome back. Baylor basketball number eight in the nation this week, hosting West Virginia last night on the floor in the Farrell Center, but doing so without two of their top three scorers, L.J. Cryer and Adam Flagler, both out of the game with injuries. The Bears had an early lead, gave that away. West Virginia led by as much as 10 early in the second half. The Bears kept chipping away and behind a 25-point effort by James Akinjo. The Bears win over West Virginia, 81-77 the final. After the game, we visited with head coach Scott Drew. Oh, Coach, what a win tonight. Man,
11: I tell you, gutsy performance. Uh, 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 I can tell you, the good Lord uh, uh, gave us energy. I didn't know where we had that second half because we really competed and played hard. Um, to have 24-2 to second chance points against the West Virginia team, um, that happens as often as that snowstorm once every decade in Waco. So century. Um, I mean, that, that that's a great effort on our, our guys' part. And then only 11 turnovers. Um, without having, uh, uh, LJ and Adam, I mean, that's just handling the pressure and being able, uh, uh, Dale four zero for the game. I mean, and then, uh, so happy for Matt because obviously anything that could go wrong did for him. And then down the stretch, he was unbelievable. So, uh, students were great. Fans were great. We needed all that energy to help us climb over the top and, Great thing is we did that with them really shooting it well. I mean, early on they were – they made some tough, tough shots. Scott
12: Drew following last night's dramatic 81-77 win over West Virginia in the Farrell Center. 25 by James Akinjo leads the Bears – 14 points and 6 rebounds by Jonathan Chachua. 13 points and 9 rebounds for Jeremy Sohan in the win that gets the Bears to 19-3 and on the season, 7-2 and in Big 12 conference play. Now headed to Lawrence to play the 10th-ranked Jayhawks this Saturday afternoon. Also from yesterday, Baylor men's tennis, a 4-0 win over Miami to clinch their spot in the ITA National Indoors. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow, I'm John Morris.
9: Join us for the Baylor Coaches Show this Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Live from Rudy's on the Circle in Waco with the voice of the Bears, John Morris.
12: Join us this Thursday live from Rudy's and hear from men's tennis coach Michael Woodson and acrobatics and tumbling head coach Felicia Mulkey.
9: It's the Baylor Coaches Show this Thursday live from Rudy's and right here on your home for Baylor athletics, ESPN Central Texas.
10: Waco cool
15: Tacos in Downtown Waco and Union Hall introduces their new craveable taco of the month, the Nashville Hot Chicken Taco. Crispy fried chicken, Nashville hot sauce, cabbage slaw, and Chipotle mayo on a fresh flour tortilla. It's spicy, savory, and delish. Hurry into Waco Tacos at Union Hall at 720 Franklin Avenue in Downtown Waco or call us at 254-340-1700. Waco cool Tacos in Downtown Waco.
5: Every four years, the world's greatest athletes compete for gold. Team USA wins gold! That time is now. The Winter Olympics are coming to NBC and Peacock. Team USA would not be denied. 17 days of action, excitement, glory, and history in the making. The United States wins gold! Don't miss a single epic moment. The Winter Olympics, starting February 3rd on NBC and Peacock
1: all right welcome back into the program this is game time here on espn central texas tom ward we're glad you're with us a couple of minutes after eight o'clock our eight o'clock hour this morning is brought to you by versalift southwest where you can elevate your career with a new job at versalift southwest they're now hiring hydraulic electrical and service technicians they offer a great benefits package and outstanding starting pay. You can drop by 7601 Imperial Drive and apply today. So, uh good stuff there. All right, uh, coming up this hour, we will uh, continue talking to Baylor basketball. We're uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Junior Day. Don't forget coming up on Wednesday, it's National Signing Day and uh you know with with the early signing period is National Signing Day that big a deal anymore? Uh, is, is there going to be any earth-shattering news that's going to be coming uh, out, of, uh, out of Signing Day on, on Wednesday? And then again, Thursday, guys, is Realignment Day. And so there's a couple of really interesting days coming up here in the middle of the week uh, for both the, the high schools and the colleges
2: going to be interesting i you know there'll be some surprises there always is uh i don't think there's going to be any earth-shattering things that are going to happen just because of the early signing period kind of takes that away from everybody and gives them an opportunity so you i i we were talking about it yesterday i think this one's more for basketball baseball track and field soccer they're going to get a lot of their signees done uh, on this one they did get a few on the other one but the, the, those big signings are going to come uh, tomorrow so as far as football goes are you going to see a shoe drop maybe a couple but you're not going to see a whole lot Garrett does it change the way you look at who did what you know I
1: right now we got most have A&M as the number one signing mm-hmm. class could that change is anything going to happen Wednesday that that could make that that change? I don't think there's going to
3: be any moves that really make it change because like Ward was saying all of the the main headliners the the big names have gone ahead and signed during the early signing period. I I would be more inclined to keep an eye on our transfer portal is going to sign. a transfer portal guys going to sign somewhere. I think that you know like a prime example, you look at Caleb Williams. You know, he's transferred out of Oklahoma and he's What are been, you hearing by the way? It, what am I hearing? On Caleb Williams. I don't know. I ain't hearing anything on Caleb Williams. I, I don't know where he's going to end up. I honestly thought he would follow Lincoln Riley and, and head back out to California uh, to, to go to USC. That was the, the logical thought. But, you know, with the way things are going, he's kind of, he's kind of taken the forefront on saying, I'm going to take advantage of the NIL with my transfer. And that's kind of what's making his decision, his landing spot uh, takes so
1: long right now. <laughs> Oh, it, it, the landscape of college athletics, uh, crazy. Would you guys like to see one signing day? Would you like to see it go back to one signing day? I'd,
2: I'd like to see no signing days. Just leave it up to the kid. They can sign whenever they want to sign. I think that would be the best thing and take a lot of pressure off them. If they want to sign in at their junior year, if they want to sign before their senior year starts, or if they want to sign afterward I, I think it takes a lot of pressure off. I understand why there is one. But I, I think it's gone to the extreme now to to where we don't need all the hoopla. Just taking all all the pressure off them, take all the all the uh where you're gonna have the big announcement and everything else and just get rid of the signing date, period.
1: I, I'll say this with the early signing date. If you've got a if 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 you're on a good high school football team in, in Texas anyway, you're still in the playoffs. So you're you're trying to get ready for a playoff game, and you're still trying to make a decision. I mean, it's. I would like to see it either, bef- either before the season or after the season, but not during the season. I could see that. I think that if
3: you went back to making traditional national signing day, you know what it used to be. I think that mm-hmm. would be good. But I also agree with Ward that there's a lot of. Like, th- these kids are already dealing with a lot of pressure. They have a lot of voices in their ears. And I think that when you put a timeline on, like, you put a dead set date on when you have to sign, that adds even more pressure. That adds any, even more noise that you're hearing. Will, and you might th- you have a kid that ends up signing where he doesn't really want to because he got influenced into that. And mm-hmm. that's why you see so many, you know, decommitments and, and shuffling go on. So, I, I kind of agree with you on that, that we, it's kind of an outdated
1: situation. All right. So, but that is Wednesday. That is Wednesday, Thursday, and Ward. I'm a little nervous about this because we're we're hearing that you know it's time to buckle up and batten down the hatches that we got some some winter weather coming. <laughs> but Thursday morning, uh, we're going to be over at uh, the Region 12 Service Center. It's going to be a big morning. It's it's the it's the day that uh, all of our schools in the state of Texas find out what district they are going to be affiliated with for the next two school
2: years. It's a huge unveiling, and uh, we've mentioned it several times. It, it, it looks like the New York Stock Exchange floor when it goes off because they're all looking at a tote board, and then they're all holding up pieces of paper trying to find pre, pre-district games and, and trying to find out what their, how their alignment's going to look. And so, you know, there there will be some that are elated, and there will be some that are not so elated. In fact, there will be some that go, uh-oh, what just happened to us? Yeah. Uh, and And it's going to happen. It does every single year. And there, there is a, there is a handful of schools in the Central Texas area that are kind of on pins and needles right now.
1: Now, in, in I, I've never actually seen it happen. You know, we we've
2: worked it obviously, but I, I've seen it happen. I've been at several of them. It's it's w- crazy.
1: From what I understand here, they're going to at 9 a.m. They'll hand out the packets mm-hmm. to everybody, or they'll put it up on a screen. And, and then the other thing that's that's going to be available is all of these guys will have their cell phones out, and they're going to be trying to get on the UIL website because it will post immediately at
2: 90. So there's going to be a couple of different ways to see it. I think they'll probably have a screen. Where where I've been before, they've had a screen, and they put the computer up, and then when the UIL hits it, they just hit the button, and it flashes up on the screen, and that's why they're all standing around looking like the New York Stock Exchange. I mean, they're... They're gathered around, waiting for theirs to unfold, and it is nuts.
1: Well, I know they told me when I was over there the other day that there's going to be a huge box, and it will have a a packet for every school, and they'll hand those packets out at 9 a.m. And then, of course, everybody will also be trying to get on the on the on the internet and check it out and so it's going to be interesting to to see and of course so we're going to be over there broadcasting live from seven until nine we'll be grabbing coaches and administrators and who you know as they come by and just visit with them and we'll see which one's kind of nervous which one's not You'll be able so, to tell in a hurry absolutely
3: i feel like this is going to be the most chaotic year for Central Texas schools in quite some time with all the Killeen schools except Heights dropping down to 5A. Yeah,
2: that's that's a great point. I mean, that, you look at that district that's been kind of put together. You've had some ins and out moves around it. You know, Waco was in it at one time, and then they went back and went north, and Midway was in it, and they went north, and you had some other teams come in. Brian came in, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. even years ago you had other teams in this area that were kind of adhered to that Killeen district. Yep. And now all of a sudden that's going to change dramatically with four of those schools going down to five, a only height stayed in the six, a deal that creates a big hole in six, a, and it almost creates a log jam in five. A. So what do you do there? I, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they navigate that. That's kind of going to be those four schools with Colleen's kind of going to be your, I, I would assume now we don't, again, it's the UIL, but you would assume that would kind of be of a hub district. Right. And now, who do you pull in and where do you pull from to kind of help that clean stay solid and, and make that your hub? And there's several different ways that they could go. Uh, and then you have Heights, who are the lone man standing there. Uh, you've got Temple. You've got Midway. I mean, you've got some other 6A schools that are within pretty good proximity but now you got to find some that aren't in pretty good proximity to kind of match up with them.
1: There's no question. If you're in 6A in Central Texas, Temple, Cove. Is Cove? Yeah, Cove's yeah, still Cove, 6A.
2: Cove stays 6A. Heights mm-hmm.
1: so in Midway. You're going to travel at some point. I honestly think that
3: that's probably the best thing for Midway is having Temple and Coves and Heights still available. That way you have a better opportunity to not get sent north if you're the Panthers. You could send you south and you could put like Cove – Temple Heights, Waco High, and then maybe some of those. No, not Waco High. Waco High. I mean, not 5A. Waco High, but Midway. Yeah. And, and some of those Pflugerville schools or
1: something. I think that would be a better option
2: if you're Midway.
1: And, and if you are Waco High, you're, we're 5A you're now. Rated. Are we going north or are we going south? I,
2: I expect them to be in that district with Burleson, Joshua, Cleburne, Alito. I think they're going to plug them into that district.
1: Why wouldn't they plug them in with Kalina in in, uh, in Lake Belton? No, that's a good point. It, but and the they also, could. They you, could. you also got to think. And we're university looking, is going to be five AD but, two, but That's that,
2: the, where are that they, they going? Or are they going north? five AD two or five AD one? Well, they're, they'll they'll go they'll go in. there we're Centennial, and then where they I think they stay in there with that Mansfield Centennial and that and that crew Burleson Centennial. So it, the other thing about Waco is is you know they're kind of on the deal. It's going to depend on what they do with those Colleen schools. If they send them south, do you want to send Waco that that far direction to, to the Austin area? Or do you want to send them it, because it's about the same for them? Yep. I mean, so they may just flip a coin and say, okay, they're going north or they're going south because they're right. They're right in the middle of that. I know which direction I want to go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think Point Waco's going to go north, please. I, I, and they may. I mean, it, and that's how
2: intriguing all of this will be on Thursday. I think for Waco, I think the better option is to go north. In this and, situation, and, it is. Yeah, yes. I, I think it's the better better pull for them if they land in that burleson in that cleveland and that johnson district i think they immediately are in the conversation yep. as a playoff team
1: we're gonna find out i
2: we're, mean you're uh, playing for second place because alito's in that district yeah but so is everybody else in that yep. district right and you know that going in
1: i just thought from from the rivalry standpoint you know for years and years and years waco played the cleans the uh you know in, in and they played the those teams i mean they they headed leo buckley i mean that was just part of the equation i mean you went down there and you played those guys and it mm-hmm. was and and you had those robberies with with colleen and ellison and and all of those folks so i just from the from fami- me the 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 familiarity and, yeah. and, and and rekindling that i would love to see waco head back south
2: the one they, that they've been in that in that Burleson district before too oh, i know they in university both were in that district and it was a great district when mm-hmm. they were out. i'm just telling you what i want to see happen <laughs> now the one that that
1: i am i have no clue and I, and I and i'm not sure anybody does is what do you do with midway i mean i think you could send them north i think you could send them south i think there's an argument for both directions i know that Midway would like to come back and play the people that they played before the Temples and the in the Coves and and you you'd obviously want that for them, but you know ninety miles is ninety miles. You know what I mean? Uh, what do you do with 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 the Midway Panthers? I think that's also
3: where you would look at do the Bryan schools. You know, does that come into play? Do you throw them
1: in with you know
3: it's 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 a tricky yeah situation. if you're not sending
1: them south down towards Conroe, right? I mean, there, there's so many there's so many moving parts to all of this. And that's what makes Thursday so intriguing. And again, a lot of these guys, as we mentioned the other day, have already set their non-district schedules based on what they believe is going to be the case.
2: They're all tentative. Yeah, well, of course they are. But 90% of them are tentative uh, because they're going to change because you're going to want to, depending on what district you... And look, some some districts are not going to change. I mean, they're just not. And so that leaves them with that non-district schedule is fine.
1: It's a great point because I just talked to a coach the other day who, who's, you know, he's 150% sure that his district's not going to change. Absolutely. He's already set his five non-district games. Absolutely. And, and he knows, that, you know, unless something happens to one of them, you know, getting sent right. to a,
2: a, seven, a seven-team a district, you know. Or the, or it doesn't fit them. That's or, that's the other thing you have to look at. Coaches are going to look at that non-district tentative schedule they have and go. Based off of weeks. Yeah. Well, and it also is based off of, you know, if, if you're going to be in a district that, you know, Predominantly runs the spread, and nobody runs, you know, the the veer or the wishbone or whatever you want to call it, the mm-hmm. the, the wing tee, whatever it is. And you've got one of those on your schedule, right? Well, you're fixing to dump them because it does you no good to play them, and you're going to go find another spread team to replace them with because everybody in your district runs the wide open, mm-hmm. or vice versa. You got four guys on your non-district schedule that run the spread, but all of a sudden you have two guys in your district. They run the wing tee or yep. predominantly a run team. Well, you're fixing to dump a couple of those spread offenses to go get a couple of wing tees or somebody that runs the ball because you need to face that before you get into district play. Yep. Because I'm telling you, four days is not enough to prepare for something like that. No,
1: I I, I get it, and you're 100 percent correct. You want to see like teams, and that's mm-hmm. and that's what they'll tell you. We want to see like teams. They they, they play like everybody else in our in our mm-hmm. district. So you, you'll you'll see that. But there's a lot of guys, I mean, they're, they're going over just to have coffee and donuts uh, because they know <laughs> they've, they've got it set and they know that their district's not going to change. I mean, it never has changed. It never will change. But those are the lucky ones.
2: And, and the other the, the other side of the coin is, too, there's coaches out there and that will have the opportunity to play up. And uh, what I mean by that is find teams that you're going to – it's going to be very, very difficult for you to get past them, mm-hmm. but you want to make your team better. You want to expose your weaknesses before you get into district play, and so you go try to find the best of the best to go up against and, and and find out just where you are in non-district, and you want to try to get those games early in your non-district schedule. You don't want to do that the week before district starts. You want to try to get it in the first or second game so you can go, okay, here's where we're at, and mm-hmm. here's what we need to work on before we get into district.
1: And, and, you know, there's a couple of programs in our area that are going to struggle mightily to find games. I mean, yep. look, let, I don't care what district they assign Kevin Hoffman and the Mark Panthers to, and I don't care what district they assign Don Hyde and the La Vega Pirates to, they're going to be looking all over the Lone Star State for football games in in non-district. It's just the way it is it i mean and they know that it is a struggle to put their non-district schedule together and it end up forcing those programs unfortunately to travel great distances early in the season but it also benefits them not that they really need it, but it also benefits them once playoff
3: times comes because that's essentially what that is. It's, it's it's a playoff atmosphere when you're going into those games. Oh,
1: I agree, but I guarantee you, they'd much rather play somebody across town oh, yeah. than across the state uh, in in weeks one and two and, and things of that nature. But it, it's not going to happen, and, and they know it's not going to happen. So anyway, all right, uh, eighteen minutes after eight, this is game time here on a Tuesday. Let's uh, we're going to talk about Junior Day over at Baylor. We're going to do that next here on ESPN Central Texas.
5: This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly cloudy with areas of fog today. It's going to be a pretty warm day. Highs top out at 69 degrees. Mostly cloudy skies tonight. We drop to 50. And tomorrow, grab the umbrella. Rain likely across our area with highs topping out at 61. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, check out fox44news.com.
12: Recently on the John Moore Show. All right, how about this? So Tech plays Kansas on Big Monday tonight, and it's in Lawrence. What if, what if Pat Mahomes shows up and Tech people are cheering for him and Kansas people are cheering for him? He can't lose if he shows up tonight.
8: wonder what the crowd will do tonight at Allen if indeed he shows up.
0: (laughs) John Moore's weekdays at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas.
2: Central Texas horse enthusiasts find a large selection of saddles at Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. They feature new and used saddles from names like Billy Cook and Cactus. Plus, they have a large selection of children's saddles. Trade-ins are welcome and financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118 You'll enjoy one-on-one customer service at the world's best western store, Appaloosa Trading Post and Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco, and on Facebook.
13: The Real Texas Gun Show, Saturday, February 6th, and Sunday, February 7th at the Harker Heights Event Center off Edwards Drive. The Real Texas Gun Show, proud to be the place where small mom-and-pop vendors share the floor with large dealers that buy, sell, and trade firearms at the show. Variety at the show is extensive, and oftentimes if they don't have it, they don't make it. The Real Texas Gun Show. More than just guns, you'll find ammo, hunting gear, fishing gear, camping supplies, collectibles, and so much more. The Real Texas Gun Show, February 5th, 9 to 5, February 6th, from noon to 4 at the Harker Heights Event
12: Center.
1: 822 welcome back into the program this is game time here on ESPN Central Texas Tom Ward Garrett we're glad you're with us coming up uh at three o'clock this afternoon it'll be John Moore I guess John is back in studio we'll see uh four o'clock this afternoon it's the Matt Mosley program but it's all right here on ESPN Central Texas uh junior day Talk to me, Garrett. Uh, what, what you know? You you cover that for uh, for two four seven sports. Let's let's go. So
3: yeah, Baylor welcomed in a ton of uh, twenty twenty three recruits over the weekend, um, and some of those were commits. Some of them were other prospects, high caliber prospects that they're wanting to get on board. Um, some of the ki- commits that were in town were twenty twenty three three star quarterback Austin Novosad uh, from Dripping Springs. This kid is a really dynamic playmaker. Uh, He can really make all the throws that you look for. He's versatile. He can use his feet, uh, but he's more of a a pocket quarterback, but he can rush if need be. Uh, I really like the signing for Baylor. Uh, He was in town. Uh, You also had athlete Jakavian Rogers from Dangerfield. Uh, This kid can play offense, defense. He can do just about everything super quick. Um, He has really good ball skills. He can high point the ball, uh, whether it be from interceptions or when he's playing receiver. Uh, he was in town as well for Baylor. Uh, you also had safety Corey Huff from Aldine Nimitz in town. Uh, he's a commit as well. Uh, this is a guy that's really going to step in and uh, kind of, to me, he reminds me a lot of Kalen Barnes with with his style and his skill set. Obviously, he's going to have to develop, uh, but this is a good pickup for Baylor as well. And another of the uh, commits that they had in town was three-star offensive lineman Justin Leon, uh from Kingsville King. Uh, he has built a really solid relationship uh, with Coach Mateos. Um, I think he's going to be an excellent fit once he gets into their system, once he develops. Uh, That's going to be somebody – and a really good thing for him – well, he's going to be missing some of the – he's going to come in when uh, some of these guys are gone. But there's still going to be some solid offensive line pieces there that he can learn from. But they also had a handful of guys come into town – uh, high-priority targets, and one of those was local product, four-star safety Mikkel Harrison-Pilot from Temple. Um, right now, the 247 boards show a crystal ball projection uh, for Houston for Mikhail, Uh but Baylor is definitely in the mix. And Ward, I know you've seen him week in and week out grow as a player. What are your thoughts on Mikkel and his skill set and what he's going to be able to do going forward at the next level?
2: Anything he wants. I mean, he's a receiver, he's a defensive back, he plays quarterback, he plays running back. I mean, the guy's all over the field. uh, He's one of those athlete uh, guys that you you just want to find a place for him on your team. And whatever you ask him to do, he's capable of doing. And so it's going to be interesting to see how he uh, adheres to the next level. I think he can. He has that – he's one of those that that is – you you sit there and you watch him and you think, okay, they're going to get him involved in in this situation somehow, some way, you just got to find a way to get the ball into his hands. And, you know, he probably could be your starting quarterback and he might play quarterback at the next level, uh, depending on where he went, but he's such a playmaker that you've got to find a way to get him the ball. And you don't want to completely, uh, pigeonhole him into one Mm -hmm. position. So, uh, he's that type of player, now, look, it's going to be interesting to see. And, and I, I understand that, you know, there's there's a lot of different scenarios. This kid's got 43 D1 offers. Mm-hmm. 43 D1 offers. That's incredible. It really is.
3: And, you know, Temple, they have a lot of talent on that team. But I think Baylor has put a, a real emphasis on locking down these local kids. They're, they're, and I think that right now, and let's be honest, over the past, I'd say, five years to ten years, Central Texas has kind of lacked in having uh, top-tier players, recruits come out. But right now, when you look at this 2023 class through 2025, I want to say Central Texas is loaded. I mean, Marlin has a ton of D1 prospects. Temple does as well. The Colleen schools are loaded. Uh, you look at Rashad Sanford at Heights, uh, Jalen uh, Chapman. They're loaded, and I think that that's something that's going to be interesting to see if Baylor can hold on. But uh, Mikhail Harrison-Pilot is definitely a target, and one of these local kids that Baylor wants to bring on Uh, Some of the other guys that they had on campus were three-star linebacker Trey Wilson from Lakeview Centennial. Uh, This is a player who has really established a strong relationship with Baylor. Uh, He sent me a message saying that, you know, today was really good. You know, he made it an emphasis like today was a really good day. So I like Baylor's chances of landing him. Uh, A couple of the other guys that they had in town were three-star cornerback Jalen Braxton from Frisco Lone Star. This is a super talented kid. Kid can play. Kid can play. I mean, he's one of those that... He's guarding some of the best receivers, not in Texas, but the nation up there in the Metroplex with the schools that Frisco Lone Star plays. So I don't think the transition for him from high school to college is going to be that difficult. That's somebody that Baylor would definitely like to bring on. Uh, another guy that they had in town was three-star defensive lineman Demaryon Thomas from Tulsa Union. Tulsa Union's one of those programs up in Oklahoma that's always producing talent. Uh, Baylor has recruited that place hard over the past few years and he really enjoyed his trip there as well, and I think that that would be a guy that you could bring on and anchor that line and, and kind of build into the mold that you see a Gabe Hall or a TJ Franklin do right now. Uh, another linebacker they had in town was Samaje Burrell from North Crowley. Uh, he's a three-star kid as well, and I think he would fit well into their scheme, and that's something that the staff was really preaching to him, and, and that was the message that he received that, you're, and a lot of the messages that all these kids are receiving is it's bigger than football. It's its family first. It's it's becoming a, a molding you as a person, but developing you into somebody who can go to the next level. And another offensive lineman they had in town was Wes Tucker. He's a six-eight kid from Argyle. I mean, he he's a really solid lineman, uh, but they landed one commit. Uh, so they had Christian Brathwaite come into town. He's a four star linebacker from Cy Ranch. Uh, Baylor's also recruiting his teammate Ashton Porter. Uh, They've had Romeo Noel that they've got out of there, out of Cy Ranch before. But Brathaway decided to pull the trigger and make his commitment to Baylor. He was the primary target for years for the Bears. Uh, He's picked up offers for Baylor over a year ago, and he chose the Bears over Cal, Colorado, Tennessee, Texas Tech, among others. He was recruited really hard by Sean Bell and Rod Roberts, and they've been able to establish a, a solid relationship with him Last year, he had 38 tackles, two tackles for loss, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. So it's going to be interesting to watch him develop this year, but I think that's a really big get for Baylor.
1: Good stuff. Thank Good you. stuff. And so following these guys, I mean, it just kind of get us up to speed how you follow these guys and as they bounce around him and then he ultimately make, make decisions.
3: Uh, so it's a lot of communication. I, you spend a lot of time watching huddle film. Uh, you try to, I try to get out to camps uh, and Baylor's going to have their their camp start up here in June. They're also going to start spring ball in March, so some of these guys will come down, and you try to connect, connect with them. But that's what a lot of it is. It's just really you know going out, going, getting established relationships with their coaches uh, and them as well. A lot of communication via social media and checking up on them. But
1: that's really the, the main line of communication. All right, 829, this is Game Time here, presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend of the car business. Tom Ward-Garrett, we're right back with more in just a moment.
9: Baylor Women's Basketball all season long with Derek Smith and Sophia Young Malcolm on ESPN Central
12: Texas. The Baylor Women back home in the Farrell Center Wednesday evening, hosting Oklahoma. 6:30 for the countdown to tip-off. 7 p.m. tip-off Wednesday.
9: Baylor Big 12 Women's Basketball all season long on ESPN Central Texas.
15: Waco cool Tacos in Downtown Waco and Union Hall introduces their new craveable taco of the month, the Nashville Hot Chicken Taco. Crispy fried chicken, Nashville hot sauce, cabbage slaw, and Chipotle mayo on a fresh flour tortilla. It's spicy, savory, and delicious. Hurry into Waco Tacos at Union Hall at 720 Franklin Avenue in Downtown Waco or call us at 254-340-1700. Waco cool Tacos in Downtown Waco. I'm going out with Justin. Oh, I know why. It's not just because he has a big dually. It's not the size of the truck that matters. You have tunes that give me a headache. Justin has running boards and a hitch to pull his boat.
2: That's just because he goes to
15: pick up Outfitters. Maybe you should take a lesson, Brad.
7: Will Amanda and Justin find happiness? Will Brad go to Pickup Outfitters? Tune in again to The, the Naked, naked truck. truck. Brought to you by Pickup Outfitters. 220 Lakeview Drive in Waco.
2: Halmet Aerospace in Waco has been employing people in the Waco area for nearly 50 years. Now is the time to join their team with current openings in packaging, shipping, production, engineering, machining, quality, supply chain, and sales. Offering excellent starting pay, benefits from the day you start, and advanced opportunities. Apply now at halmet.com slash Careers. Howmet Aerospace on Imperial Drive in Waco. Apply today.
0: ESPN Radio Sports
14: Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Rooftop Innovations in Central Texas. Call 254-730-Roof at 730 7663 Putting your roof above everything else. 25 points from James Akinjo led Baylor to an 81-77 home win over West Virginia. The Bears traveled to Kansas on Saturday for a showdown with the Jayhawks. The latest AP basketball poll drops Baylor four spots to eighth. Kansas also falls in the poll to tenth. Auburn remains number one, followed by Gonzaga, UCLA, Purdue, and Kentucky. The MCC Highlanders lead their conference with a five-and-one record thanks to 18 points from Chris Pryor in a 73-66 win over Hill. The high-lassies were clipped by Hill 75-74.
0: SportsCenter, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas
1: it's eight thirty-three. 33 welcome back into the program this is game time and time and ward and garrett and you on a uh, what is this this is tuesday after the bears win last night over west virginia uh, okay we talked earlier today about uh, rule changes potential rule changes and again guys let me just throw this at you Uh, Concerning faking injuries has become... The concern uh, for faking injuries has become such a prominent issue in college football that it has risen to the top of the agenda going into the next Rules Committee meeting. National Coordinator for Football Officials Steve Shaw said that uh, faking injuries is going to be a big topic at the next meeting of the NCAA Football Rules Committee coming up on March the 1st. Now, there... One of the things, and we didn't even think about this, but one of the things that they talked about as a penalty, not necessarily yardage, mm-hmm. but uh, sidelining a player ex- for an extended period of time. Such like as, hockey? Uh, basically, put, that's exactly penalty right. Box. Yeah. But, but yeah, basically such as a uh, a set of downs or maybe one full possession. And if, if Ward wants to get him back in the game, Ward has to call a timeout. You know how? You, you know, if you want to keep a, an injured player in the yeah. game, you have to call a timeout. So they're, they're talking about a timeout having to be used to get that player back into the football game. What if you don't have a timeout? That, then I guess they don't come back in. Uh, that would – I don't know. My thing
2: is, so is this just for college? Well, look – the only I, place you really see it happen. That's right. Yeah. But I, think about this
1: now. Most in Texas –
2: uh, I mean, if it goes to the NCAA rules, then it drop it'll dribble down to UIL rules too. Texas because plays they plays by NCAA yeah, rules.
1: Texas plays NCAA rules. Now, that's not not many states do. Most play by uh,
2: they have their own in house governed rules.
1: They have they they play by the National Federation rules. Right? There's two rule books. There's a National Federation, and then there's the there's the NCAA rule book. And and Texas plays by NCAA. Now they don't imp, they they don't use them all. They don't use them all, but the, the body of their rules, from what I understand, is NCAA rules. So yeah, it would technically be in the in the in the high school game here in Texas.
3: That's interesting. I, and you know, I, I agree, something definitely needs to be done. But is this one of those things where you jump on it now, and a year from now we're saying, well, that didn't work, you know? And, and Maybe. they're reverting it. I,
2: I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just we've seen it before. Yeah, it, you're you've got to do. I and mean, s- They changed the targeting rule. They adjusted it. So, I mean, they can adjust it. I still think by just kick, getting the kid out of the game and taking away a timeout, I I think you're not going to curb it enough. I, I think it needs to be an unsportsmanlike, and it's excessive, 15 yards, and you give them a new set of downs, and you start the clock as soon as the ball's set, and I think you curb a lot of that.
1: Lane Kiffin says there's not going to be a stoppage in this unless there are severe consequences. And, and he's right. Right. And, and, and he, and, you know, that, that's one of the teams that likes to. Well, he's high tempo. Yeah. He likes to get it and go. And, you know, so I'm sure there's, you know, all of a sudden a lot of cramps and, oh, I sprained my ankle and, and down we go. The only thing is, and really, you know, hearing that come from Kiffin, and I understand
3: everybody's frustrated with it, but at the same time, it's another, it's, it's almost like another um, way to give the offense an advantage, right? Like, because the defenses are already so behind on the rules and everything else that they're just trying to keep pace. So I understand that the mindset of why they're doing it. It's just, it's almost like, well, here we go again. The offense gets another, you know,
1: free pass. But I'm, I'm like Ward now. With when any time an offense makes a substitution, whether it's a p- personnel package or whatever, that 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 umpire or that. That other judge comes flying in, and he stands over the football until everybody has an opportunity to, to sub. You know, uh, I I don't know what to tell you other than get get 22 guys ready to play and not 11. I mean, you've got to have some backups that are ready to go when guys are gassed. Or here's the other thing. Get them off the field.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> get them yeah. off the get a,
2: get a third down stop, and stop you don't have to worry and get, about
1: that. And you're, you're not, your tongue's not dragging the ground. But – you know,
2: I, I I just think I think it's excessive, and I'm not I'm not one of the I'm not one of these NASCAR fans of the offense. I don't mm-hmm. like the high tempo offense. I mean, it's fun to watch it at a little bit, but I, I to me, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, get off my yard, kid, and you know that's that's what I like to see. I like the move, the change, and you know just and play defense. I, I like to see those type of games, and I know it's old school, but I understand the disadvantage that this brings to an offense that's trying to do that, and it needs to be stopped immediately.
1: Well, it's just, you know, it, especially when you, it's clear as a bell that, you know, I'm going to lay out. All you're trying to I, do is
2: break up the tempo and give your team a chance to get their tongue off the turf.
1: That's right. And maybe make a sub. While, you know, I'm subbing while the, while the trainer's out giving my buddy a drink of water. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it, it, and getting him off the field it, slowly.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's it's I don't I don't know that it's more about the subs. I think it's more you know maybe the fresh legs. Yeah, but it's it's more about we need a blow and we need yeah. to we need to break their tempo somehow. It, it's more about that than it is anything else. And you know I I just I don't I don't I think there's got it's it's gotten to a point. It was kind of cute at first, right. but now it's excessive. Absolutely, no,
1: I agree, uh, and, and we're gonna find out, but. You know, if if a guy goes down, he's not hurt. Look what he, look what you can do. I mean, if you wanted to rotate D-lineman, I mean, whatever you wanted to do, you can do because it's an official stoppage. It's a timeout, official's timeout, and you get in. And, and look, you're not doing it to stop the game because just as soon as they get everything ready, they okay, wind so the clock.
2: If, if, if it's all about substitutions, then why don't you say he's the only player that can come off the field? No more substitutions.
1: Well, and again, first of all, it's not just about substitutions, as you pointed out. Right. A lot of it's about just getting a breather. Right. But you can sub if you wanted to during that official's timeout. Exactly. And that's so, a great point. Why don't Why don't you say, "Hey, look, uh, we'll, uh, we'll 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 uh,
2: yeah, just go ahead and say." That, I mean, Im- implement that into it. Twenty two is
1: the only one that can come off the field for one Correct. play. Right. Right.
2: I mean, that's that's something you could try to incorporate with it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, it is uh, 840. We're 20 away from nine. This is game time. Are we getting, are we headed there again?
2: Yeah, I think this is official now.
1: Tom Brady is done. That's
3: the way it looks. Says he announced it on his Instagram after 22 years. I think it was done, honestly, when it broke. And he just wanted to, you know, have the last say on it, in my opinion.
1: Okay, I tell you what, let's do. Let's kind of jump ahead. Here's what Tom Brady said yesterday on his podcast.
2: Were you surprised when these reports came out, when you haven't made a decision that seemingly others say you have?
13: <laughs> There's always a good line that, you know, I'm responsible for what I say and do and um, and not responsible for what others say or do. So, again, I think one thing I've learned about sports is, you, you know, you control what you can control and, you know, what you can't, you leave to others. So, you know, everyone I know is we're in such an era of, you know, information and you know, people want to be, you know, in front of the news often. And I totally understand that. And understand that's the environment we're in. Um, but I think for me, I'm just literally it's day-to-day with me. I'm just trying to do the best I can every day and, you know, make uh, – evaluate things as they come and, you know, trying to make a great decision for me and my family.
1: All right, there you go. Anybody find it, by the way? They're, they're reporting that it's on Instagram. I haven't seen it. Looking for it, But uh, are you surprised that – he did it today. Not really. I'm not. Are you worried that he's that he did it today? I mean, why, why Tuesday?
2: Uh, because he's tired of messing with it. He may have wanted to wait till after the Super Bowl, but they're not allowing him to. So he just said, "You know what? I'm going to get this story over with, so it doesn't interfere with the Super Bowl." And I think he's that type of guy. The dude's so classy that
1: yeah, I, I think you're right. I think he would have likened he would have liked to have taken. Some time and and let the playoffs play out and let the Super Bowl play out and then come back and and make it. he he didn't want to be the story right now during this uh, this Super Bowl time. No, he didn't. And yeah, I found it. It's um it's about eight
3: slides long. It's a long t- um post here on Instagram and it's really just talking about giving thanks to his family and that it was time. I think this is one of those situations where. Scheffner and them had great inside information and it kind of rubbed Tom the wrong way because he wanted to be the one that, you know, did it on his own terms. And I think that's what caused the, the hiccup yesterday and, and what we were seeing with uh, trying to reverse track from ESPN's first report.
1: Yeah. And, and just say. Hang on a second, guys. You don't get to do right. this. Yeah, I'm doing this. That's what I feel like. Yeah. Uh, probably so. All right, 8:43. Uh, we're 17 away from nine. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward, Garrett. We're glad you're with us. What's What's that mean for uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now? Ooh, well, that's a good question. I mean, you're probably going to lose Brian Leftwich as well.
3: He's
2: gone.
1: He's gone. Yeah. So I mean, they're, they got a lot and. You're going to have you're going to have several holes on that on that roster, uh, with with, with this move. This, I, I think this could be this could be a domino effect with with some guys. My thing from is, a free agency standpoint, and from you know just pulling the plug. Does does Gronk pull the plug? Yes. Yeah, Gronk
2: and Gronk's Brady done. are joined at the hip. Yeah, he already said if Tom goes, I'm up, I'm out. So there you go. He's done. Yeah, he's gone. It'll be interesting. Boy,
1: the Tampa's about to be in an interesting situation. If the thing if is. They does, went not got the
2: ring. Does Bruce Arians stay? I don't think so. I don't think he's gone as well. I do too. To where? I think he God. retires. I think he's done.
3: Honestly, Sunset, huh? I, that's what I think. Or, or I mean, you well, Knox. It's, it's probably a worse situation. I was going to say New Orleans. That's a worse situation than no, Tampa. He's,
2: <laughs> he's not taking over that mess.
1: Huh. All right, it's 44, 16 away from nine. Does, does Jim Harbaugh... Do the NFL deal? Yep. Or does he stay with Michigan?
2: I think he's going to the NFL.
1: NFL. Let's talk about it next right here on ESPN Central Texas.
0: Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas.
6: I'm not saying he hasn't been critical of coaches at times, but for him to be that overt, you know, saying it's a pet peeve, it seems to be almost a direct reaction to what Mike McCarthy was saying the other day, like, hey, we're going to work on this the offseason oh, this is going to be something we get done. Well, he didn't like hearing that. Jerry didn't, and he was pretty direct with it. The Matt Mosley Show, weekdays
0: 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas.
13: My house has a new glow, I love my windows, Universal
2: Windows Direct. Cold weather is here and so is time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for 8 consecutive years. They offer 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Call Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate at 254-301-7760 or check them out on the web at universalwindowscentraltexas.com. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews
10: i love my windows they've got that brand new home effect universal windows direct
0: espn radio sports center
14: i'm Lars smith with your espn central texas sports center update brought to you by rooftop innovations in central texas call 254-730-ROOF at 730-7663 putting your roof above everything else 25 points from James Akinjo led Baylor to an 81-77 home win over West Virginia. The Bears travel to Kansas on Saturday for a showdown with the Jayhawks. The latest AP basketball poll drops Baylor four spots to eighth. Kansas also falls in the poll to tenth. Auburn remains number one, followed by Gonzaga, UCLA, Purdue, and Kentucky. The MCC Highlanders lead their conference with a 5-1 record thanks to 18 points from Chris Pryor. In a 73-66 win over Hill. The high last season were clipped by Hill 75-74.
0: Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Time for the grab bag on Game Time. All
1: right, 848, we're a dozen away from nine. This is Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Brady is done. So, I guess the guys at ESPN caught a little grief, but... Uh, I still think they jumped the, the 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 gun a little bit. Do you guys agree or disagree? I agree. I think they did. This is also tell me. If, I,
3: this is very similar to the Rodgers incident. You know, you know, preseason where it was the news broke that he wanted the trade, and you know, you could say that he he forced it or or not, but this is a similar situation where something. Scheffner and and them get the information. They have obviously great inside sources and it upsets the player because it's not on their own terms. Well, so here's and There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely not cuz they're doing their
1: job. So here here's my deal about, you know, breaking news. We're first. Uh It used to be it used to be if you broke a story, you owned that story basically right. for 24 hours. Now you own it for about 24 seconds. So is it really that critical that you're first?
2: It is to them.
1: Yeah, I, and no, I don't know why. No, to them, but why? Is but, my question. Because that's because why
3: they we're
2: get paid for. We, Because we're self absorbed, for one.
3: That, it, it, to me, like, okay, Scheffner is the face of breaking NFL news. Him, Ian Rappaport. I, I think that it does, for him to get out in front of it and be the one. Yeah, it is important. It, it It's
2: important to them.
1: Personally, I don't care. The, I to don't the either. viewer, listener, and reader. does it matter who you know who because 30 seconds later
2: we're all talking about that's why i'm saying it's self-absorbed for them to be first and to me it doesn't matter to the majority of and i'd love to hear on our cnc collision text line does it matter to you who tells you the story who breaks it first because to me it doesn't matter we're in an instant world gratification we have to have everything at our fingertips and and it's i i don't think it's it's I, I hate it to be honest with you.
3: I, for me, I think it does matter, um, and simply because if you see, to me, if I see a, a say it's a NBA story and it gets broke by somebody other than Adrian Wojnarowski, I'm going to be a little hesitant at first because he's the one, you know. And the same thing for Sheffner. And now I, I could be wrong, and it, that's perfectly fine. But to me, if you see those names, you know, Scheffner, um, um paxton uh, what's the jeff paxton for baseball MLB? Mm-hmm. You, if you see one of these guys break it then to me nine times out of more than nine times out of ten it is fact
1: and, and you also got to realize for you you're this is how you make your living correct i'm sitting there thinking the guy that's you know that's just listening to this program right now did he care on saturday that when it crawled across his television screen that Adam Schefter reported it or Ward White reported it? Did he care? I, I think you're going to see a 50-50 split, man. I, I feel like there's
3: a lot of people that you'll know, see it from your point where it doesn't matter. It's out there. It who cares who reported it? But I also think you're going to see a lot of people like me that if it's somebody – to me you resonate with those guys. You resonate with the Schefters, the Jeff Passons, and them because Yeah, but I don't the, put any
2: of those guys up on a pedestal just because they're the breaking news guy. No, I, I'm not putting them know, up on a
3: pedestal. I'm just saying it's more it, it comes across the, the perception I, I, of it. And
2: I see what you're saying, and it's okay for them to, to be the most trusted name. It's like Walter Cronkite. If mm-hmm. Walter Absolutely. Cronkite said it, you knew that it probably was going Correct. to happen. But I also think that it's a little bit You also have other people around that are constantly on their phones and tweeting stuff out just so, oh, i want to be the first one to do this. I'm going to be the first one. And those people drive me absolutely bonkers.
1: And and a lot of times they're wrong with no consequences. Absolutely. So here's the thing. And again, I'll go back and tell you that when the news cycle was 24 hours, I totally get why you want to be first. You own a story for 24 hours. There's no more owning a story. I mean – Look, what we do here, we talk sports. We're not breaking news, but as soon as that news is out, I mean, look, within 10 seconds of it it appearing in our building, Mm -hmm. we're talking about it. Right. I mean, we were talking about Tom Brady within 10 seconds of that coming up on our screen. Mm -hmm. So... Again, I go back and ask does it matter as long as the information gets out there and gets out there accurately. Well, I understand. Which I but, don't think it did last weekend.
2: Well, I, and I understand what Garrett's saying. I mean, there's trusted names in it that you trust and you look at it and you go, Okay, and that's what you're saying. Right. That's when it matters whose name is on it first Correct. because of you can okay, I can take that to the bank because, because that notation means more. Right. But the, the other side of the coin for me is everybody jockeying to try to be that first When I, I really don't care who's first. Right. I, it doesn't matter if it's Adrian or whatever. I don't care. Just get it right and get it out there. Get it right. And and, and make sure, you know, the other thing is you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Was that fair or unfair to the player the way it all came down, part of that was Aaron Rodgers' fault for Absolutely. teasing with the media as much as he did. Mm-hmm. Part of it was the media's fault for trying to be first in that situation and say, "Hey, I know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do." No, you don't. Right? You just don't. And because he's his own man, and he's the only one that <laughs> not knows. Sure,
1: he knows what he's going
2: <laughs> to do. And that's what I'm getting to. Because he's the only one that really knows, and yeah. he may not know himself. And it's the same thing with Tom Brady in this situation. You know he's going to retire. Well, we all knew that Tom Brady was probably going to step away from the game just by the way the season was winding down and the frustration you saw on the sidelines from him, breaking the tablet and other things, uncharacteristic of Tom Brady. You knew that this was probably coming to a slow end, but let him do it on his own. Right, correct. Has he earned the right for that? Absolutely. That's another thing, though, and it's a really good point,
3: Bear, we're in a situation and you're talking about like Tom, you're talking about if you're the first and you held it for 24 hours, we're to a point now where these Brady has access to the world
1: from social media so right it, it does make sense to let them have the moment and break it themselves. Yeah, he didn't have to go to a podium absolutely. He not. he had a phone in his hand, yeah, for, sitting on you know on the couch eating popcorn, you know you, and, 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 you know and, what? I don't like that either. Well, I'm with
2: you. I know where we're at, the information highway, mm-hmm. and that's okay, and it's it's very convenient. But I do miss the you know okay. There's 500 cameras right. around, and this guy's going to come in and Ooh. give this the, the, the speech. speech.
1: One of the most iconic scenes ever was when Roger Staubach retired uh, at Texas Stadium,
2: and, and Troy Aikman and I, Michael Irvin. I still Ervin see it. In, and, I mean, you can yeah. still see it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. All right. I, I really, I again. It's and it's
1: all. I think <laughs> it's all in in, in. in first of all, I think it's it's how you were raised you know right. what generation you were raised in were you raised in the in the the technology or were you i, I think it's that's part world. of it yeah well, it certainly is i mean i get it i mean you know uh I, I understand but with that said i think it's i would have liked to have seen tom brady be able to make the announcement on his own terms right. and not and not having Some guy. Anyway, all right. All right, that is going to do it for us. Uh, Thanks for being a part of the program. We'll do it again tomorrow. For Ward and Garrett, I'm Tom. Stay tuned. We've got more coming up next right here on ESPN Central Texas.